Amen. Well, it is a it is an honor to be here tonight with you all. And uh, if I said all I felt, it would seem like it was a a mutual admiration society. Um, but I do appreciate uh, your pastor, Brother Robinson, and his family, and this church, and. I'm very, very honored to be here, and I mean that sincerely, Uh, and to be amongst uh, friends and fellow ministers. We appreciate so much the friends that are here, Um, and the way I feel about it is um, I wish I wasn't preaching. I wish I was listening to somebody else preach tonight, Uh, but I do count it an honor that they would have asked me to come and fill this slot. And, uh, and to do my best to minister to you all. I feel the Holy Ghost here. And I feel a very, a very deep, deep undercurrent of the Spirit in this sanctuary. And uh, if I just speak what I feel, I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but I tell you that I feel there are miracles in this building tonight. And I believe God wants to do some things. And, there's going to be some miraculous direction given tonight. I believe God's going to talk to us. How many of you are hungry and open to the word of the Lord? Just lift up a hand and wave it to the Lord right now. Just wave it. Say, God, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Amen. Why don't you lift up your other hand right now and reach out and just begin to seek after the Lord for a few moments. Come on, let's it. Feel after him for just a moment here right now. Let's do it again. Come on, let's reach out again. I'm going to preach in just a few moments, but I just feel like we ought to prepare the ground for just a moment. this meeting has almost given me a nervous breakdown I I have as brother Robinson said our meeting wasn't exactly last week but it was it feels like it was last night everything's been so crazy and busy and uh, forgive me for just a personal reflection God has been using the last few weeks and months of my life to teach me some very valuable lessons and to show me just how big he really is and just how powerful he really is. And I want to stand before you tonight and tell you that we serve a prayer answering God. Our God answers prayer. About three or four different things when I left to come here I thought I was going one direction and then it just seemed like the last 
day or so have been feeling a nudging and I'm going to do my best to be obedient to the Holy Ghost here tonight and to do what God speaks to us to do. If you have your Bibles, let's go to the book tonight to Joshua chapter 11. Joshua chapter 11 and let's just see what the Lord will do in the next few minutes. Um, I believe God's going to help us. Amen. Joshua chapter 11 beginning verse 16. So Joshua took all that land, the hills, and all the south country, and all the land of Goshen, and the valley, and the plain, and the mountain of Israel, and the valley of the same. Even from the Mount Halak that goeth up to Seir, even unto Balgad, in the valley of Lebanon, under Mount Hermon. And all their kings he took and smote them and slew them. And Joshua made war a long time with all these kings. And there was not a city that made peace with the children of Israel, save the Hivites, the inhabitants of Gibeon. All other they took in battle. All other they took in battle. And one small passage of scripture in Psalms, if you'd allow me just to read Psalms 78 and 54. He brought them to the border of a sanctuary, even to this mountain which his right hand had purchased. He cast out the heathen also before them and divided them an inheritance by line and made the tribes of Israel to dwell in their tents. He cast out the heathen. And yet we read in Joshua and we find that the scripture teaches us that Joshua had nothing but war in front of him. And so tonight for just a little while I want to preach miracles and messes miracles and messes i believe god wants to help somebody tonight and to help us all just move a little further down the road to doing more for him amen put your bibles aside one more time lift up your hands and lift up your voice and let's worship the lord together and let's ask his anointing upon the remainder of this service in the name of jesus in the name of jesus In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated, even though not all of you said amen. You know, it is is very plain to us when we look in the word of the Lord that God works with his people. In fact... Let me just say it like this. None of us would be here tonight if God hadn't helped us. Amen. We've made it here tonight because of the goodness of the Lord and the faithfulness of God. And God has undoubtedly been better to us than we deserve. Now, I don't know about all of you folk. This is the first time I preached in Mississippi in several years. And so I'm sure all of you come from perfect backgrounds. Where I'm at, we're all a mess. And, uh, and where we come from, we're all a mess. In fact, 
Uh, I just shared it with our, our speakers and even our congregation camp meeting about it the other day. We just received top billing in uh, George Barnes Church Research as the, the highest rated unchurched and dechurched part of the country in America. It seems like everything around us is falling apart. And I just want to remind you tonight, we wouldn't have made it if it hadn't been for the Lord. Amen. I said, God's been good to us and he's kept us and he's strengthened us and and he's brought us, as, as one songwriter said, a mighty long way. I'm thankful tonight that we're in the place we are and we're in the frame of mind and that I don't worship necessarily, I don't necessarily worship from, from what God has done recently. All I have to do is look back over my shoulder and tell you, God's done a lot for me. I can praise Him. If God doesn't do anything else for me in the next little bit, I've still got enough ammunition to praise God. Amen. I've still got enough things to be thankful for God or to God for. I, I still have enough testimony. Amen. I, I, wanted, I want you to dig back for just a little bit before we go forward. God's already proven himself to us. God's already given us a testimony. God's already brought us out of sin. He's already put us in the church. He put us in our right mind. God has already been good to us. God has already blessed you. I don't know why some of you are still sitting there. I don't understand why you can't give God the glory. I'm sorry. I'm just going to preach like I'm at home right now. These are not just phrases to try to get you to where I want to go. This is to put us in the right frame of mind. God has already been good to us. Yes. Yes. If I I had the time tonight, I could preach about the the relationship between God and his people. And and, and God God has a very profound relationship with his people. And there is is an ebb and flow. And if we were to say it like this, it's, it's as the vapor that ascends that dictates the rain that returns. And so when someone expresses an eternal truth like God has been good to us. The appropriate offering is thank you, Jesus. And so the mouth has to open up and the hands have to be lifted because hands that are chained can't be raised. Well, I'm just going to preach for a little while here tonight. Hands that are bound up can't worship God. The prisoner can't, he can't rejoice. But those that have been set free... Those that, are, those that have been set free, you can put your hands up. And there's a relationship between the divine and the, and the finite, the God of heaven and the people that he has redeemed. And so we praise him for what he's done and he blesses us in the present. And so we worship him for what he did back then, but he, he, he blesses us right now. And you can say, God saved me 30 years ago, but God bless you right now in 2017 all over again this is a part of the relationship with God this is a part of what God is involved in with us God God expects us to be partners with him we are the only thing. Now, I'm not going into it. There's a whole other deal. But I can just tell you right now. If God's going to get any praise, he's going to get it out of this group right here tonight. There's not another session coming in when you go home. This is the last group of praise that's going to be here tonight. You are the last people that's going to give God glory. 
Nobody else is following you up. If we hold our peace, creation's going to have to get busy. But if we release our praise, we step into that dimension of partnership with God. Listen, we got to get this before I can preach my message. We got to get back to this before I can ever I can ever share with you the little bit that God gave me for you. You got to understand, before I can ever get God moving, I've got to move for God. Before God's presence ever comes, I've got to worship. I got to clap my hands. I don't do it because I feel him. I do it because I want to feel him. I don't shout because I always feel like it. I got a pain in my hip. I got a bad ankle. But if I shout, I feel the joy of the Holy Ghost. I feel the strength of God. It's a relationship. Why don't we just try it again for about 20 seconds. Clap your hands and lift your voice. Worship Him. I don't know if you feel it out there like I feel it up here, but something's already moving in this building. Sit down for just a minute. It'd be different if I was preaching to a bunch of waste cases. It'd be different if I was preaching to a bunch of folks. Is that right if I go down there? I'm tall. I don't need a podium platform. It'd be different if I was preaching to a bunch of people that were washed up and had no hope. If I was preaching to people that had no future and no promise, then it would be something completely different. But the greatest revelation we can get is I'm not like anybody else. I've got a covenant relationship with God. This isn't just about an intellectual agreement. This is about a supernatural relationship. I've been born into his family. I may be in flesh and blood right now, but I'm a part of a divine heritage. And so now, I'm not just another person, I'm a person with promise. I'm not preaching to people that are just living here on terra firma. I'm preaching to people, you've got potential like you can never imagine. And you've got a promise, if you really wrapped your mind around it, it might just blow your mind. So it would be one thing, if I were just preaching to a bunch of people that were washed up, past their prime, had no potential. If that was the case, I would just move on and let you lie. But I'm not preaching to that kind of people. So I cannot leave you alone. i got to preach to you about how good God has been to us. I've got to tell you again how important it is for you to get on your feet and shout with a loud voice and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. It's a part of our relationship. So you know, isn't it funny? I have never heard a Baptist preacher preach about worship. I'm not, they just don't expect it. But I hear Pentecostal preachers preach about worship a lot. Yes, sir. And people say, come on, you need to move on. 
Well, I'm going to tell you, no, we need to go back. Come back. Let's come back to it again. Let's come back to the power and the beauty of just getting into God's presence. Let's come back and let's not get cheated out of the blessing of that relationship. Let's not get robbed out of those riches. Come back and let's find out what it feels like when you come to the house of God and you've got heavy burdens on your shoulders and you've got a lot of things on your mind, but you somehow just get your hands up. Somehow you just get your hands up And somehow you just get your mouth open And somehow you can just utter a little hallelujah But as soon as you do Suddenly you feel something coming on you You're in that atmosphere right now I said you're in that atmosphere right now You've got the potential to change your life You've got the potential to walk back into a place with God You haven't had in a long time You've got the potential to leave here with victory in your house And the bickering will stop And the depression will leave And the depression has to go But the people of God get the relationship right Blessed people we are. We are blessed people. I don't know of anything else that you can just come in for free and leave filled. Just, they don't charge you a dime. You go to the greatest concert halls in the the world and sit down and listen to the greatest music. And when it's all done, all you've got is a ticket stub. But you come to the house of God. And as far as I'm concerned, we heard world-class music tonight. And we heard some world-class singing. And we felt some universal presence that goes beyond anything. You can't get this anywhere else. Nowhere else. You know why I'm not letting go of praise and worship and our response to it? Because so much of revival and victory hinges on it. And I'm going to say publicly, I still believe in revival. I still believe it's our day. Amen. I'm not saying that just for your response. I'm just telling you what I believe. I'm sharing my personal conviction. There's never been a better day than this day to be apostolic. There's never been a better time than this time to have what we have. And to know what we know. And to walk in what we are blessed to walk in. This is our day. But you know one thing that I have noticed about miracles There's always a component of personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. Okay, let's break it down for a minute. Blind Bartimaeus had to lift his voice. He had to lift his voice even when people told him to be quiet. There had to be some effort on his part. Because you know God is He's all powerful But he's not going to do Everything 
And so Jesus turns to the disciples in another place and says, feed them. And there's a multitude. And they all start looking at each other. Did you, did you bring anything? Did you, no, I didn't bring anything. Did you bring anything? No. And finally somebody hijacks a lunch from a kid and says, well, we did have this. When they looked at Jesus, before that though, and one, one, one uh, writer says it like this. They look at him and said, we don't, he said, he looked at him and he said, go find out what you've got. Go and find out what you've got. You're telling me you can't do it and you don't even know what you've got. Because little is much when God's in it. So don't start discounting little as insufficient. I tell you, I pray like crazy because I, I, I want to convey this in the right way. And I want people to get the right message because I am not up here to do anything more than to throw match on gasoline if I can help it. I just want to see some of you blow up in flames and catch on fire and see God use you in ways that you never thought God would use you for. But first step is you've got to get in the relationship. And the second thing is you've got to realize God expects people to do stuff that he won't have to do. He does not do what we're capable of doing. God can do anything. But he won't do everything. There's a whole lot of it that you and I have to do. And God works it that way so that you and I understand. He takes the little we've got and he anoints it. And when it's all said and done, you look back and say, yeah, I had to go fight the battle, but God gave me the victory. Because until you use the little you've got, you're going to never realize the mass that God has behind you. You know, miracles always come, and I'm not going to belabor the point. Because I realize I'm preaching to folks, some of you probably already know this. But I'm just here to remind you about some stuff. You know, we, we, we love to see miracles. I heard preachers say, man, I, I, I'm hungry to see the miracle signs and wonders. And what we fail to realize is miracles come because something's really bad wrong. And signs and wonders come because we're at our wit's end. And so what you're really saying is, I really want God to put me in bad places. Can I just be real with you for a little bit? We've all praying for miracles. But the problem is miracles come with messes. You know, we have a little, a little phrase around our church we say all the time. If you don't like mud, don't pray for rain. If you don't like messes, don't pray for rain. If you don't like revival, don't pray for revival. Because revival is messy. Revival will, will cause you to face some things that you didn't think you would have to face. You have to make some decisions you didn't think you would have to make. You have to adjust some things because you've got to accommodate what God starts bringing to you. 
There's sometimes you put your net in on one side and nothing happens. But he tells you to put it on the other side and everything starts happening. And you have to make some adjustments and say, this is too big for me. I need your help. Can you bring your boat over? I can't catch all these fish. Can you Can you get another ship and come over? I've got too much for me to handle. You see, when God starts moving, it gets out of our realm of ability real quick. And so I just want to tell you, there are miracles for this day and time and there are miracles for people in this building but it's not going to come without some labor it's not going to come without some work it's not going to come without some praying and without some fasting and without some stretching yeah let's talk about that stretch for just a little bit you know it's one thing to have a need it's another thing for God to take the very thing that's lacking and put it out there. And the man with the withered hand wants his hand healed. And Jesus said, stretch it, stretch it out. But it's broken. But, but stretch it out. Yeah, but it, it don't work. Stretch your hand out. Are we on the same page here, Lord? I need a miracle. I don't need you to embarrass me. I'm just going to come down where you live. God, I need need God to, I need you to do something for me tonight. I don't, I don't need you to make a fool of me. I need, I need you to touch me, but I don't really want to get out in the aisle and have to dance. Because I don't want to stretch. Because, as my good friend Pastor Mayo preaches a message, the miracle's in the stretch. When you start stretching yourself is when the miracle comes. You know, all day long this story's been wrapping around my mind. I don't even know why, Brother Robinson, but it's just bouncing around my head. I've got to tell it. We started reaching and running buses. That's not new. It's been going on for decades. We started doing it over again at our church years ago. And, and, and we just got everybody excited and didn't even think about anything it was going to do and didn't think about what it was going to do with the church. Didn't think what, we just went out and, and, and threw a bunch of candy in there, talked to all these kids into coming to church, and they all loaded up on this bus, and we brought them, and we had all these little hood rats. And that's what they were. Some of you don't even know what that is. Look it up. They were just a bunch of kids raised in poverty and, and from Broken homes. They, no, they didn't even know what broken homes were. Their homes were broke before they were born. They didn't even know anything. They just came to church. And then, and then we got, can I just borrow you for a second, son? I don't know you, but you're about to be part of the program. Judah, perfect name. And, and we, we started having our kids, our kids, the church kids were coming like Judah, you know, looking smooth. Sharp suits on, dressed up, girls in enough taffeta to do a, a wedding. Everybody was dressed up and cute and everything was fine. And all those little hood rats started picking on our church kids because they were dressed so nice. Now, what do you do? Why, bless God, we sent those kids home to the same neighborhood they came out of because you're not going to pick on our church babies like that. We're here to have revival, not put up with that stuff. 
I'm just being honest. And so I start getting reports. Pastor, you know, a couple of the boys were beating up brother so-and-so's son. What what did he do? Nothing. They just started picking on him and making fun of his clothes. What is that about? And it started going on. And you know what? We have choices. We're going to decide whether we're going to let God do what God's trying to do or we're going to try to keep our house mud free. Y'all go home now. You're messing things up around here. And you know what we did? I'm not as smart as some people, but I just got up and said, your children do not have to dress up to come to Sunday school anymore. Put your kids in play clothes to come to church. Now, maybe I was wrong, but I'm not wrong now. Because it worked. The miracle's in the stretch. It's in the change. I'm not talking about compromise. I'm talking about having revival. I'm talking about getting what God wants to give you. I'm talking about that relationship. I hope the Lord will help me preach it the way I feel it for just a few more minutes. God wants to do so much in us and for us in our churches. And we are so locked up in our thinking, in our approach, in our attitude. And we come to church every Sunday night and put our hands in the air and say, God, we need a miracle. God, we need help. And God comes to church every Sunday night and says, I need some worshipers. And I need some warriors. And I need some workers. I'm looking for some people that are willing to get out in the mess and make a difference. I've anointed you to move mud. I've anointed you to make a change. Now get up. And you're telling God, go do it. And God's telling you, go do it. And God's saying, you're anointed. Go find them. Go find them. Philistines on the other side of the valley. Israel on one side. And Philistines decide they're going to make the rules. And the rules have changed. Mind you, all up until this time, it's been one army against another army. But the Philistines decide they're going to change the rules. And Israel's so foolish, they buy into it because they're so carnal. You've got to be careful when you get carnal. You get carnal, you'll start buying into some things. And God doesn't want his people buying into things. I'm going to tell you something. David would have never been a story in the Bible if Goliath would have walked out there in the field and said, send me a man. And 2,000 Israelite soldiers would have jumped up and said, charge! It would have been over. (laughs) Because I would have said, that ain't working. Come on. (laughs) There's so much works when we're carnal. At home, I teach our church this. this is, I'm not even going to charge you for this. At home, I teach our church when it gets quiet, that means I'm right. So the quieter you get, the righter I get. And the longer I'm going to preach because I'm in the Holy Ghost. Because you're getting quiet. You're about to preach me down, I can tell right now. When you get carnal and you get under carnal people and you get around carnal people, you start letting the devil make the rules. You can't get your victory. 
You're going to get your victory. You got to do it like this. You got to do it like that. You got to do it like that. And it takes somebody to come in that's just out of the blue from another place that says, is there not a cause? What's the problem here? He's an uncircumcised Philistine. You know what he's saying? That's a man without covenant. That's a man without promise. And that's a man without potential. We don't need an army. Just this one lad with a revelation that God works when I work. And God moves when I move. And I can't use carnal philosophy. A backslidden king can't outfit me in armor. I gotta go in what I know. I gotta war in what I've got. I gotta fight in what helped me last time. I'm gonna preach some apostolic tonight. The same victory you got last time, you can have it again. But you gotta get up and go to war. I don't care how big the adversary is. I don't care how dark the night is. God's on your side. God is standing with you. Go fight. Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Are we not the people of God? I know we're in a small community here. So there are some things don't always apply methodology to small communities. Comparison. You could walk out of our church property and within about a mile probably hear about five or six different languages. Probably isn't the issue here, is it? You, you're probably not going to drive down the street and hear a bunch of people speaking Pactinian. No, not right now. Maybe later. So I, I'm, I'm making a point. What happens is, is, is methodology, we, we start saying, well... No, that's what y'all do. But you have to understand, what I'm preaching about is not methodology. What I'm preaching about is principle. We are the people of promise. And if God's going to work for anybody, he's going to work for these people right here. If God's going to move for anybody, he's going to move for you, sister. He's going to move for you, brother. If God's going to hear anybody's prayer, he's going to hear your prayer. He's going to hear your cry. He's going to know your heartbeat. And all you need to do to get God moving for you is just get up. Just stand up, so to speak. Maybe in a minute, literally. You just got to get up and say, I'm going to go do what God has put in my heart to do. Even if I don't know how. Even if I don't necessarily know all the details. But I refuse to be paralyzed in my pew any longer. Because God's got a miracle for me. And in the middle of my miracle, there's going to be some war. And there's going to be some fighting. And the devil's not going to give up one square inch. You're going to have to take it. Because the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the violent take it by force. And so this doesn't come because we sit around and ask God to do it. It comes because we stand up and say, God, use me. I'm willing to go do what you want me to do. I'm willing to go be what you need me to be. I'm willing to go reach who you want me to reach. I will go. I will be. I will do. I cannot sit here any longer. There is more territory to possess. But I've got to get up. 
let's lift up our hands and let's just talk to God for a minute. You know what I fear, and I'm, 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 I'm bringing this to a close. I fear that there is the potential for one generation to stop singing God's praise. And the next generation know nothing about His wonder-working power. Because when we silence ourselves, we cease to testify of God's abilities. When I don't, when I don't worship, I can't expect my kids to worship. Yeah, I'm going to say it again. We don't have a worship Sunday school class. It teaches your kids how to worship. And they're in there saying, now, that's good. Now jump a little higher. That's good. Little Johnny finally stops jumping and says, Well, my daddy don't do this. Yeah, but your daddy's lost. Jump. <laughs> yeah, but your daddy, he's backslid. He just comes to church. We love him. We're praying for him. What do you, what do you think we're going to do? No, one generation teaches another generation. I'm a priest as a people been living for God maybe longer than I've been alive. I'm going to preach to you and tell you, you can't stop living it now. It's too late. You're too far down the road. You've got too many testimonies. You've got, you got to keep on doing it. If you can't run and you can't get out there, we need, some, we need some Moses to get out in the battlefield and some young men to come alongside him and prop up the hands. Because as long as the elders are engaged in the battle, there's still victory for another generation. I want to talk to you. This is not the day to sit down. This is a day to get up. This is a day to fight like we've never fought. This is a day to war like we've never war. This is a day to pray like we've never prayed. This is the hour to give like we've never given. This is your hour. This is your hour. Come on, I'm preaching to some of you tonight. I'm trying to reach you to help you. If I came to put a fire in you, this is our greatest power. Don't stop fighting for the miracles. And don't get hung up in the mess. Why don't you just reach over and take your neighbor by the hand and put your hand on the shoulder and start praying for him right now. Let's stand to our feet right now and just keep on praying for a minute. Reach over and grab your neighbor and just keep on praying for a minute longer. I, I just feel like we need to pray together for just a second.
I feel, I feel to do something that I just, I've prayed today several times, God, how, how do you want this done? This is the only thing I feel to do. I really do believe that God wants to do some tremendous things in people's lives in this building. I believe God wants to manifest himself in a very powerful way for people. And there is such a, such a tremendous anointing just kind of hovering over the sanctuary. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an appeal two ways. I want people that need a miracle in your family. You need a miracle in your family. And, and, I, and I, when I say that, I almost feel like qualified to say it's something you've been praying about. You've been really seeking God about it. You need a miracle. In just a moment, I want you to come. And then, when they come, I want this second group to come too. There are people sitting in this building. God has been dealing with you about doing certain things. But you have been holding back, waiting on God to tell you some specific go time. Well, I'm here to tell you, this is your go time. You've been praying about God using you, and God's been putting something in your spirit, laying it on your heart. I'm going to make it an appeal, and I want you to come. And I want you to just come stand around the front of this altar. I don't know how you do it here, Brother Robinson. I'm just kind of, forgive me if I'm overstepping my bounds and intruding in anything. But I feel that those two things that need to happen in this, in this service right now. People that are in need of a miracle in your family. And people that God has been talking to you about doing something, but you've been paralyzed by fear. And you're ready to step out of it tonight. I want you to come to the front right now. Just come. Come and stay. As you come, why don't you just lift your hands? Come on, just lift up your hands. God is here. God is here. Just begin to pray and reach out and feel after Him. God is here. Your miracle is here right now. Your confirmation is here right now. God is confirming to you, child. He's confirming to His child right now. This is your moment. Come on, lift up your hands and lift up your voice and reach out to heaven right now. The touch of the Holy Ghost is setting upon us in this sanctuary. I need a miracle. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and cry aloud unto God. Come on, cry aloud. You need a miracle. You're needing that little urging tonight to go. Lift up your voice and lift up your hand. What you call me to be, I say yes. All I agree, my desire. Passionately is to be.
Come on as you pray and reach over and lay your hand on the person next to you. Start praying for one another. There's a deep move of the Holy Ghost in this altar right now. And there are miracles. There are miracles right now. 